Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another transfer podcast on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Denny. I'm podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, and I am joined by the man in the know, Mr. Dave Davis. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good. Sunday morning. I have got a, a bacon bath in front of me, mate, a brew. All good to go. See, now that's the way to do podcasting right there, folks. I hope you're listening. Young Davis with his bacon buddy and his cup of tea, and we're good to go. I have, for the record, a coffee. It is unseasonably and unfashionably and unhealthily early of a Sunday morning for lads to be doing podcasts, but then the Reds do play in about 50 minutes. Um, so in case we wanted to put our attention that way, I have yet to dip my toes into the waters of preseason, but a game against Leicester seems that it might be worth our while. So we're going to give ourselves the opportunity. Let's start talking about the Reds because this whole period of time since you and I last spoke, Dave, has been taken up by Jordan Henderson related crack. Uh, and, I mean, look, I'll be honest, I've been sort of very much on the record trying to do anti-jinx stuff because the minute it was floated out that he was interested and it, it was real, there was only one outcome that needed to happen and that was for him to go because everything was going to be sort of uh, on its arse if it didn't happen. It was going to be a compromise scenario that, you know, they'd have made the best of and everyone, some people would have gritted their teeth and gotten on with it, but it would have been absolutely appalling. Um, with the best will in the world, I'm delighted it got done. I'd really be a lot happier if the other deal for Fabinho got done instead of being dragged out or that we knew for, for a fact he was just going to be staying because it just seems like it's too far down the line now for him as well. Uh, and obviously, my friend, we have got a serious amount of anxiety building uh, around can we get these recruits in to replace the umpteen midfielders that have left? So there's a lot on the plate here for Liverpool. Let's start with Henderson. What did you make of all this stuff? I mean, the way it panned out, Dave, can you think of a more weird 
an unseemly exit for a guy who has been front and center in some of the greatest moments in club history, lifting aloft the European Cup, the Premier League after a period of 30 years. Whether or not you rate the lad as a player, he's right there at the heart of those things. And it was so sordid the whole way it played out. Give us your take on it and maybe you have a few little extra bits and bobs around Jordan's move to Al fact that we haven't heard about. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. It's probably that's the word I would use for the whole thing. Weird. Glad it's resolved, like you said now, finally. And probably the, the big thing I, I would say, Trev, is it's just a sadness to the whole thing for me a little bit. It's tinged with sadness for numerous reasons. But like you said, it's the silence from Liverpool was deafening. That was the way I would describe it. Obviously, everyone knew what was going on. You've got your normal Romanos. This is happening. You know, all the things that were coming out. In fact, Liverpool was still silent, Trev. As on Twitter, there were training videos with Al Etifak and Jordan Henderson. He was there training with them in the bib, you know, everything. And Liverpool was still silent. And then, obviously, the leak about is leaving video, him having a say in the editing, you know, the creation. It just seemed utterly, utterly bizarre. But it eventually happens, doesn't it? Wednesday sees his video come out. Then Thursday, we still have to wait. The club don't go sort of concurrently. We have to wait for Thursday for the club announcement. The, the one thing that I would say is a, a, a few things I'll go through. Let's be honest about this. His video, bizarre. I felt his leaving video was so utterly scripted. It didn't feel human. And for whatever anyone says about him, you know, and, and there's numerous things you could say now, and I totally understand those. But there has always been that that leadership, that genuine element to him. But his video seemed so scripted, almost false to me. I've got to be honest in my opinion a little bit, Trev, which is a complete contradiction with Klopp's, you know, leaving video of him. You could you could see Jurgen was emotional. You know, he almost did it off the cuff. You felt that. You saw the um, the players. No matter, listen, no matter what anyone says about him, and again, there's a lot of things that have been said. These players were honest in how they felt. There was an outpouring for him. There's no debate to that at all whatsoever. But it, it still even lingers now, Trev, really, didn't it? Even at the press conference yesterday that Virgil and um, Klopp did, it was the first question from James Pearce. You know, the media guy tried to stop it, but they went, no, we'll take it. You know, there, were, there was still that. My biggest thing, my summary now of the way I see it, Trev, Klopp's kind of filled in a few gaps. It's clearly that Henderson got ripped in pre-season. You know, we knew he'd be under threat because of how it went last year. Got ripped, did all the extra training, came back, had that meeting with Klopp, thinking, you know, I want to be part of this still, I'll go again. And it, it to me, it's quite clear they've had that meeting where Jürgen said, listen, you're the new Milner. You're the new Milner. You're going to be a bit part player. I want to use you in that role, that type of thing. But you've got to accept you're not going to be a regular starter. That has not gone down well. But, you know, understandably, possibly, for whatever reason. And I kind of feel that there's a sadness now to both sides that's triggered a chain of events that I actually believe, personally, even Jordan Henderson will regret even now that he's kind of backed himself into that position where he's just had to go through with the move because of what's been said, what's been done. But I'm hearing a lot, Trev. We've both read, we've both seen a lot. The, um, the LGBTQ... Issue. I get that. I totally understand that. And I'm, I know I'm saying this to straight white male, but I back what they're saying. I totally understand that disappointment. I think it's important, you know, 
we do say those types of things. But at the same time, I understand people who are saying, you know, legend of the club, like you said, all he's lifted. I am not disagreeing with that either. I really do see it, you know, from, from that side. I do not, do not see it as, oh, we'd all, you know, just take it, forget the money. I, d- I never think it's that simple either. I think that is wrong to say. But in summary, Trev, it's just a massive tinge of sadness for the whole thing, really. I think we need to move on quickly. That's what I would say. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I think the nature of football means that we will and most people already have. And if there's an upside, it is that it was resolved in that way, which meant an exit, not because uh, for one reason or another, um, I'm really happy to see Jordan Henderson um, heading out the exit gates. Um, from a football point of view, I think it's the best move by a mile. Um it would have been preferable, and you mentioned this before, if he had been able to sort of do a bit of uh, uh, Miller roll stuff, um, have left with the goodwill of everybody and maybe shuffle off to Sunderland for a year or something. That's what everyone would have liked for him. It does smack of a move that was made on the back of perhaps, um, as you say, uh, and it's it's supposition, it's speculation, but it's, it seems well founded that, you know, perhaps there was a realization that minutes would be very limited for him. And it does have that sort of a rebound kind of a feel to it, doesn't it? Uh, to use a relationship metaphor. Um, I, I just, it was important. I just wanted to, I'm delighted you went to all those places. It's because it's important. Everyone has their own relationship with how this has gone for them. And like you say, Twitter full of tributes and then other people, uh, full of bile and, 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 and hatred and, and, and using words like traitor and, uh, all that type of stuff and, and surely the truth is somewhere in between and it's nice to be able to try and find that middle ground the way I did it myself is to try and write something if people want to go to the website they'll see that um, where I tried to talk about all of that stuff and and and, and the, the touch on those sort of moral issues as well as the heritage of the guy and uh, as a footballer and what, what he has been so for me, it's, it's, um, it's exciting, Dave. Where I am now with this is exciting. There's an excitement level about the rebuild that can possibly happen. However, the time is fast approaching when we'd like to see some of these guys in. And I've noticed a little twinge of that perhaps coming into some of your tweets as well. Whereas, you know, uh, before we were like, yeah, patience. Now it's like, uh, could do with something happening because of course we are getting closer and closer to that window. Now, I would like to think, Dave, that whatever we're going to do or we're going to do is not based on getting a bag of money through from Al Itihad for Fabinho. And yet it does appear very much as if buying is contingent on his loss, because otherwise you would have thought 
we'd have managed to get something over the line, even if this protracted Lavia deal, more of that later, was going to take a long time and a lot of horse trading. You would have thought that we'd have had our backup uh, Milner minutes guy uh, sort of earmarked or, uh, you know, another a- 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 across the line at this stage. It's struggling to happen. We'll talk about those incomings in a second, but let's just clarify where we are with Fabinho first. Because, first of all, he didn't travel on the first trip. Uh, now he's not with the squad again, but he's in training, but he's not, but he's going, but he's not. There's a lot of uncertainty around this day. Do you feel confident that it'll get done? And what are you basing that on? It's, it's such a weird one, Trev. I mean, even when I look at it now, 15 days. It's 15 days since Fabinho did not get on that plane to Germany as it broke early that Saturday morning, 15 days ago. And in European football, usually you're thinking, God, it had been done a long time ago. But bizarre. I, mean, I keep trying not to use the word bizarre or weird, but that is just the way I, I see it at the moment. And we keep hearing the same updates, as in it's back on track, it's progressing like Christ, Trevor, I don't know if they're paying it in like pound coined installments or something like that, step by step. But I really, no one's fully certain what all the holdup is. I mean, one of the updates that we've had is he's done travel hokey cokey, you know, when we were reaching out, that he's flown out there because of the lack of progress. He flew back and now he's back in Dubai or he's pretty much I think that's been reported that you know having his medical for Al-Itiad it's just utterly strange and even Klopp was asked about it yesterday that yeah it's again it's close but he's not with us but it's not done I do get a feeling and again this is where you've got to be careful but I have a feeling it finally finally gets done early next week but Trev again I just think it's an example of so we'll come on to later. The speed European football is used to work working at against the speed that Saudis are used to financing their deals and completing their deals at is a variation. And it's not quite met in the middle. It might never quite meet in the middle. And there'll be impacts on that, which I think we're seeing right now. But gut, hand on heart, I'm hoping, I'm thinking early next week it gets done. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about it for the reason I mentioned earlier on, because I do wonder if we are looking at a situation where all of a sudden this new reality of new potential money or imminent money, let's just go with it being likely to get done, is now the new coffers and someone back in the uh, financial uh, hub has decided to twirl their moustache and go fantastic and siphon away another bit of uh, funds into the don't need to spend that. And you can understand why people would have anxiety around that because the club has formed these uh, guys do have form for um, penny pinching. Uh, it, it would be the best way to put it. Uh, of course, we have spent money. Of course, there have been players bought, but all but the really weird category that is the FSG fan ahead of Liverpool fan would say, would admit to some frustration with them. With that in mind, all we can do is just assume that the budget is there, that has been earmarked, that they're not going to leave Jurgen Klopp high and dry. And at this stage in his career, he has enough clout, we've said this before, to just insist on X, Y or Z. So let's just try to be optimistic for the couple of weeks that are left because 
you know, the alternative is just being miserable uh, and assuming the worst. And that doesn't get anywhere, anyone anywhere. The big story that we need to go with is the on-off Lavia uh, sort of drama. Um, all of the big names have been talking about actual bids being made by our football club for this player. What's the current state of play? And could you just fill us in with a little bit of a timeline of what's going on there? Because I think an awful lot of people like myself have started to tune it out because it's like, well, is it going to happen? It's obviously not going to happen. Is it happening? Et cetera, et cetera. So would you, if you don't mind, maybe you could furnish us with a kind of a state of play on the, the, the sort of uh, hunt we have on for getting this player into our football club. Yeah, it's, again, just a strange one, the length of time it's been going on. But for an official update, we know that on Wednesday, it was confirmed by Ornstein and a manner of journalists that Liverpool had a bid of approximately £37 million turned down for Romeo Lavia. And as a lot of people phrased it, as Ornstein phrased it as well, a first initial bid, i.e. it felt like this is us confirming it, you know, when we'll negotiate from here, i.e. We'll go up from 37, they'll come down a bit from 50, Trev, and we'll meet in the middle. That was the sort of the sentiment expressed. Since then, I have to be honest, a lot of your stories, Trevor, a lot of things are not really coming from your official press people. It tends to be, you know, let's be honest, ITKs, people saying things on various channels. But there's been very little come out official. It's really important to say that. And the other thing to, to be clear on is... Lavia did even play yesterday for Southampton. Now, granted, it was only 16 minutes of their game against AZ Alkmaar, but he's still coming on. So, naturally, that prompts a load of questions, doesn't it? Like, hold on, if a deal was close, they wouldn't risk the asset, all those types of things. Other people have said, well, you know, they've got to keep him ticking over that way. You know, you, you can almost pick your poison a little bit on what you want to believe there, realistically. Now, very much, this is important to say, the brief coming out from Southampton journalists is, it's fifty million pounds. You know they're clearly briefing that out. We're in game territory a bit here, so to speak. Also, they're set to sell Salizu anytime now, so they're prompting that as well. You know we're not desperate for cash in that sense. It's a really, really strange one, Trev. I, I my gut is telling me now that bean counters, like you said, are thinking we have had a stroke of luck. We are about to get fifty-two million. But in the first one, Fabinho Endo, we are about to get about 350 grand or so off the wage bill per week. And then if we can get this kid, you know, obviously his wages aren't going to be any that at all. I honestly think that the bean counters are having a field day. My worry is, and it is a genuine worry that's building, it's got to be like it's a chain, like a house purchase, isn't it? Fabinho's got to go for Lavia to come in, which seems absolutely tragic in one sense. It really does. But there is evidence of weight to suggest that, really, isn't it? Because we kind of know the price of Lavia. We wanted it done. I mean, I've already made my piece. Anyone who comes in now, Trev, is not going to be ready for that opening day against Chelsea. You know, it's two weeks today. They're going to be undercut, so to speak, or they're likely to, you know, integrate with the squad so they're going to be on the bench at absolute best in that regard but yeah if you ask my honest opinion it has a feeling that Fabinho's got to go for Lavia to come in for the bean counters to be satisfied but just seems stupid all round Trev to be honest 
That's exactly what it does seem is stupid. Um, I'm finding it, it's, it's quite trying all of this. Um, and I'm like you, I've been very much just hold off. Let's, let's not, let's not get to, um, let's not start chucking all the contents of the pram out just yet. Let's wait and see. But the wait and see factor is, 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 has come and gone. And we're at the business end now. And all that's happened is we've lost two more footballers who were, um, like it or not regular first team members. Um, and we have one guy who looks likely to go who we don't have any direct replacement for unless there's some fancy shooting going on back in training where Kloppo and Pep and um, Pete have cooked up some brave new world where we don't need a Fabinho type footballer. And frankly, I think that's highly unlikely. So here's what's killing me, Dave. Where are the stories about players that we are linked to outside of Romeo Lavia? The only one I can think of is the one that you've mentioned here, Nakamura. I'll hold my hands up and say I know very little about this guy. What can you tell us about him and the links and if there's anything to them? It is troubling, Trev, exactly like you said. I mean, the Decore links, even, you know, Palhinha, since he injured his shoulder type of thing, they seem to have dried up. They really do. It's a bit worrying. And now, and the only caveat to that is Jurgen Klopp was honest in his press conference yesterday saying we need to do something, we're looking at it, we are looking at solutions. So, you know, it, it, he's telling that the club are doing things behind the scenes. And I'll come on to that at the end because I think it's an important point to say. But, yeah, so what do you see us linked with? The only tangible link I can give people this week, Kato Nakamura, a.k.a. Trev, an attacking midfielder slash forward slash plays a few positions who plays on the left side. God, we love her. We have a left-sided forward who comes in for, you know, with a right foot, don't we? In the Austrian Bundesliga. Now, that's not trying to be derogatory. I realise I kind of took a breath there, but he's a talent. You know, I can understand he's a Japanese international. It's a player we've been linked with before. We've mentioned before as well. The suggestion is that Lille are in for him around 11 million pounds. The also suggestion from quite a few sources is that Liverpool made a bid of 7 million pounds with the option to loan him back as well. So it was almost a, a future purchase. So it's one of those. If, if it was to happen, it's not a bad thing by any means. You know, I, I'd understand why they did it, but it's not what we need, Trev. It's nowhere near the priority of where we are at the, the moment. So it just seems, again, weird and bizarre. And the final thing I can really say on sort of the incomings and outgoings, Trev, is we have kind of preached a little bit of patience, you know, wait and, you know, all those types of things. And, and there's been reason for that. And things have happened, like, every time we said that and it's reached a, almost a peak point, McAllister's come in, Zabozlai's come in. This is now a huge week, isn't it? I'm not trying to undersell that. It's a huge week. Fabinho, if it's going to happen, has got to happen. Lavia should really, or anyone else, solutions as in plural, as Klopp said, they need to start happening this week. You know, if, we, if we're at this point in a week's time, we're only a week out from the start of the season. Jurgen Klopp has said repeatedly in his interviews that this, this part of the season is the most important, you know, work with his players, all that type of thing. It's a big week for us in the transfer show, I, I feel, Trev, and I, I'm really, you know, quite set on this. By the time we talk again next week, things need to have happened. Simple as that. Well, 100%, because like you said, it's tick-tick before seasons start. I understand the transfer window itself isn't necessarily directly linked to that. What When's our closing date for that? 
I think it's the second of September. I think was the date I had penciled. So there's still there's still time. But yeah, season as you said starts in a couple of weeks. So yeesh. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean. I, I'm finding myself flailing about and saying, uh, we got Chabby Alonso in late in the window. He ended up being quite important that year and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it is sort of grasping at straws. And again, like I said, and like you've already said as well, the budget was supposed to be there. Um, so the Henderson Fabinho thing is supposed to be fun coupons. That's what it should be. It should be fucking fun coupons, Dave, for us to go out into the market and go, oh, I'll buy that thing. Like when your gran gives you a hundred quid that you weren't expecting and you buy a thing that you otherwise would never have bought. This is what this should be. And it doesn't feel like that. And you're wary of saying anything because in the past, the club have, have chastened us by doing superb deals on the quiet but there have also been many summers and windows where things have been incredibly disappointing. So let's just hope, like you said, this week does feel like a massive week. It has things need to happen. And if we're honestly waiting for Fabinho to go so that that financial lever can be pulled, somebody needs to have a word with somebody. That's for sure. Um, in terms of more sort of work a day business going on in ter- about clubs, uh, about players coming and going, there's been a lot of talk about Connor Bradley and how useful he might or might not be. And then he does have a sort of a wee knock at the moment, but there's a whole question about contract renewal and uh, significance of the squad going forward, especially given where he plays. And the knock-on effect of Trent um, doing perhaps new Trent things. What do we know about um, Bradley's situation? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre one. It was a, an article in The Athletic, Trev, that, that came out just before they went to Singapore saying that Connor Bradley is set to sign a new sort of three-year extension and that he, you know, he's set to be part of the, the first team squad. So the Athletic were pretty definite on that. Then since what's happened is he, you know, he wasn't named in the 27 man squad to Singapore. So people were like, hold up, what's going on? Does that mean an injury or does that mean the speculation? He's set to go on loan somewhere, all those types of things. So it comes out literally just before they head off that he does have a minor knock. And even, you know, Klopp said in the, his press conference that, 
yeah, you know, he's not there. We mentioned him very, very briefly. At the same time, it's a minor knock of the reports, so he should be almost good to go when they come back. The the key thing on this, though, Trev, is when we've done some digging, the only person that's saying about this renewal at the moment is his agent, his agency. They're the only ones talking about this, you know, three-year deal. Liverpool are again... The silence is deafening on this. They're not saying anything at all. And this will just lead to the speculation because no one's really certain. I think if if people are honest, they wouldn't be too surprised if, yes, he is kind of seen as a bit of a backup, gets the Europa, that type of thing. That would be understandable. However, it would not be a surprise either if he does even, you know, sign a renewal or not and then does get a, a loan move. I don't think that would surprise people Anyway, but the only people that are talking about a renewal in this first team, you know, definite situation is his agent and the article in The Athletic. There has literally been nothing since then. So, again, maybe it's a big week for this. Either we see him sign a new deal, stay, we see him sign a new deal and go. Maybe he doesn't get a new deal and one or the other. It's, uh, again, a little bit of a wait and see. But the only people talking about this are his agents and The Athletic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a heady mix. Um, I can't help but think, just before we move on to the rest of the league, where uh, there are actually plenty of bits and bobs going on, um, I can't help but think, Dave, and you'll forgive me for throwing this um, googly at you at the end, we we heard uh, the, there was there was the Conor Bradley story, the little knock, and Stefan Bacetic and Thiago uh, were included in that um, bundle of lads who weren't traveling because they had little knocks and they were in advanced states uh, of their rehab from injury. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, I mean, it makes you wonder about Thiago because at this stage, Thiago is going to be the only lad over 25 we've got left that can possibly play in the midfield. Um, and... I mean, we could be in a situation. I mean, and, and there's all, always still the potential. Like, um, uh, lads, we'll give you seven hundred million for Thiago, um, uh, and, and and we go, yes, well, thank you very much, Mister Saudi man. Uh, we'll take that. So, the the insecurity and uncertainty around midfield personnel is actually quite. It is dramatic. It's not. It's no small thing to say that it's a bit it's a bit nerve wracking at the moment because we're reliant, hopefully, on the proper rehabilitation of a veteran who's prone to injury and a kid who got played overplayed because he was good enough to do it uh, at the moment. That's that's just not ideal at all, Dave. And that's why we need the bodies in the door. Right. Yeah, for, for me, it's got to be two minimum in midfield. That's the honest way I see it. I mean, he talked about we bad yesterday at his press conference. So he was quite honest and said that he will be back in team training next week. They could have brought him out to Singapore, but for the, you know, two, he loses two, three, four days as a recovery with travel, that type of thing. So it didn't make any sense, but we know Badge will be back in team training next week, which He's not going to be ready to play against Chelsea necessarily, maybe a few minutes at best, but it's a positive trap. The Thiago thing, again, this is something we've talked about all summer. Everyone was expecting in the press conference, he mentioned them together about even at home. And then he talked about Wee Badge. 
and said nothing about Thiago. There's no mention that Thiago's back in team training. So again, it's just a big question mark as when is Thiago back? Which again throws up speculation about this is again what you know what's happening with him type of thing. It's just again weird and bizarre. Which yeah, you, you look at the amount of numbers we do or don't have in midfield. You look at who's going out. It's just very strange, but we risk, unless two come in, Trev, for me, what was the... And again, there is still, like you said, the optimism about young faces. It can still happen, but two midfielders have to come in the door or we are starting that season. You know, when the transfer window shuts, it's what we're talking about. We are undercooked, seriously. Oh, yeah, potential creaks and... um, um uh, being without paddles springs to mind. Um, and, and I want to temper all of this by the fact that there's something very refreshing and cleansing about the fact that Henderson and Fabinho will be gone out of the squad in a way. There's something exciting and new and what is this shiny thing? And I can't wait for it. But I do think that phrase you used, undercooked, if we were to go into the season without giving ourselves the chance to potentially challenge for a league title with the wonderful footballers we have, then I would be, it would, it will end up being one too many for me. And I'll end up, I think, flying planes over Anfield with stupid messages trailing out the back of them. Cause that's where I am with these guys. Put up or shut up. And don't tell me about Alexis McAllister and Dominic Sabozlai. Don't tell me about them. Tell me about the things that we need, get us right, and then I will have the conversation with you. Um, around the league is going to be interesting. Can't wait for around Europe. Uh, and we'll end with, uh, in around Europe, some, um, you know, the usual clamoring about, um, Saudi cash getting fired left, right and center. We've got a Harry Kane story. And of course, as you call him, the wee shite from France to talk about. Let's talk briefly though about the Premier League and Wilf Zaha on his bike, a very much admired footballer and apparently had a lot of money on the table to stay where he was, but he's chosen a different path. Yeah, it's a, I mean, Crystal Palace, as, as we say, there's been a, a few stories that they, they obviously broke their wage structure already, but offered him that final deal of 220 grand a week. But no, he heads for a new challenge. He goes to Galatasaray in the, the Champions League. And when I say he's turned down mega money as well, Trav, he's going to mega money as well. I mean, the suggestions are that his wage that, you know, he's going to be the top earner by some distance there again on similar money. And he's taken a, a huge signing on fee. And do you know what? Fair play, because he's pretty much given his, you know, bar the odds stint at those clowns down the East Lines. He's pretty much been there at Crystal Palace, hasn't he? He's been loyal. So fair play to him. It, uh, people will say, oh, it's money. It's like, no, it's his new challenge, new country, a Champions League opportunity, having been at Crystal Palace. Don't blame the lad. Good luck to him. It makes perfect sense uh, in that regard. And it's kind of refreshing. To see someone taking the incredible mega money as opposed to the, um, unreal, um, uh, your wildest dreams mega money, uh, by going to, you know, a small time club like Galatasaray instead of going to a small time league, which just happens to have a lot of cash. West Ham can't get rid of this rice money. What's going on there? Yeah. They're just like, 
They just can't spend it. And even the names they're trying to buy, Trev, they couldn't be more David Moyes, could they? I mean, £40 million rejected for Conor Gallagher. I mean, if I was Chelsea, I'd drive him there myself for that type of money, but maybe that's a different discussion. There's talk they're wanting 40, you know, they're going to go for 45 million for Scott McTominay as well. There's all the talk, isn't there? Honestly, Ward Prowse as well, potentially rejected. And then I'll finish with one that I kind of left off because I know you'll love this. They had a 20 million pound bid for Harry Maguire rejected as well. I mean, look at the names, McTominay, Maguire, Ward Prowse, Conor Gallagher. Could anything scream more that despite the fact they've got an impressive, an impressive sporting director there now all of a sudden in Tim Steiden, David Moyes is trying to pull the strings, but they just, maybe for their own good, I don't know, Trev, but they just cannot spend that money. Simple as that. Is there something, I, I, I know I, I've, as, a, as a, an Everton and United manager of the past, Davy Moyes has been the focus of an awful lot of my um, sneering and, and 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 jibing over the years, and and rightly so. That's what this game's all about, unless you're being a complete nasty bastard about it. But I had my head turned a little bit by talking to our pal Jan Malby about David Moyes, and he just said the guy's a really good football man. He knows his stuff. He's very very clued in, and he's just he's just a good football man. And then we saw him lead. Uh, West Ham to a trophy last year and it was a nice story. I, I didn't watch the final. I, I don't watch other lads football much these days, but I was, I was happy for him and them and it's great. But yeah, look at those players. The commonality of, of all of them is, is remarkable. Is he only allowed to look at British talent? It's strange. And by the way, Dave, a little mini factor in that uh, rundown that you've given us. How the mighty have fallen. I mean, we got offered 20 million for Queen Kelleher. Uh, a, a very exciting prospect of a goalkeeper who can't get in our first team, not by a country mile and never will as long as Allison's there. We'd be kind of saying, I suppose it's not bad money for a young kid who's, who's still only in the prospect uh, category. And there's Harry Maguire, England's Harry Maguire, the record defensive signing Harry Maguire. 20 million? Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Speaking of United, uh, they're trying to do a few bits. Um, your buddies Ornstein and Romano have takes. Let us know what's happening there. Yeah, it, it seems like pretty much that this one is set to, to get done. That you know that United have beaten, and it's important to say that beaten PSG to, and it's probably a name for me to butcher here. Rasmus Hodgland, I think it's pronounced the the Danish young striker from Atalanta. I mean Trev. The total deal for this could reach again, depending on which reports you believe about 75 million quid, you know, with the add-ons and different bits. Absolutely insane. I mean, it's wrong to say the kid isn't talented, but bear in mind, he's not like he's got 100 goals or anything like that. You know, he's on 12, realistically, for Atalanta. And a year ago, Trev, he went for about 15 million quid. So Atalanta, you know, the, the champagne corks will be popping in the boardroom, which is interesting, isn't it? Because how many times this season still do we hear from the United fans? They're talking about getting their moody Norwich scarves out and going protesting. But bear in mind, Trev, already when this goes through, United this summer with Mal and Arna, this kid and everyone, will have spent about 160 million quid. And not even stopping there, because 
both of those parties, Ornstein Romano, were talking about, they are set to move. Once this deal is done, for Amrabat at Fiorentina, the uh, the Moroccan sort of holding midfielder, destroyer, whatever you want to call him as well. So he's set to go up. So all the complaints we hear from United fans, Trev, they are set to take their spending to about £160 million. I mean, let's be honest, we'd probably dream of that for this window, and yet they still moan, eh? Yeah, it's... it's- it, it, it's just a really sort of frustrating reality um, of being a Liverpool fan in the current setup, and it's been such a polarising thing. There's no point in me going out in a limo because some people are already firing um, their breakfast at the uh, device they're listening on, saying, "Stop talking about FSG. I love them." And some other people are saying, "FSG, burn in hell." And you can't seem to find a narrow middle ground path or I usually tread, although I'm veering a little bit towards get your shit together, lads, at the moment, I have to say. But yeah, United just pull up a few hundred million from the back of the couch every summer, don't they? It's just a thing. Um, it can be frustrating to watch for sure. Um, another club who have um, very little financial worries at all, in fact, quite the opposite, from that same city are, are their neighbours, Serial League winners, um, Pep Guardiola's lot, and they are looking like they're on the verge of some big deals. Guardiola was on and off and on and off, and it looks like it's probably going to end up being on. Um, Walker is still not gone, even though there's been flirtations with Bayern Munich. And we do know they've got a nice little bag of money in the door for Riyad Mahrez. Uh, talk us through those particular things uh, and where they stand uh, in terms of the detail and if there's anything else uh, that Guardiola's doing with his lot. Yeah, like like you said, the Mahrez money is in, so the deal approximately $30 million, so he's moved to, to Saudi, so that's their first positive. The Walker thing, yeah, it, it's quite clear. I mean, Pep's on the record that I've spoken to him. We want him to stay, blah, blah, blah. But all the suggestions are the player wants to go to Bayern still. One of the key reasons, Trev, is they've offered him the two-year deal with the option of a year. City have almost a blanket policy that for anyone 30 or over, they do sort of year deals. So you could understand that. Maybe a new challenge as well, that that type of thing. Tuchel's gone, you know, your big friend Tommy's gone hard for him in that sense as well. So there is expectation that that one happens. And the other expectation of what happens is... The Gavardial. I mean, there there is real expectation that City will just pay the money this week. And you know, Red Bull get the the huge windfall. The player wants to go. It's it's one of those. This is a top player. You know that they cost. Let's not pretend City have got any financial troubles at all. It's just expected that with a big unfortunate thing. Because in our wildest dreams, we would love Liverpool to swoop in there, but. It just ain't happening, so get ready for Gavardiol in a city shirt by the end of next week, most likely as well. Yeah, you can see, you can just see it, and and beautiful PR boost from right before the league campaign and so on. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a sickener to look forward to. Um, and <laughs> the thing I do look forward to every week in this is uh, Chelsea watch, uh, and they have been desperately trying to fire um, their cash. At Caicedo, there are also rumours that they might be rivaling us for a footballer as well. 
And there's obviously lads on the way out because there has been all summer and there continues to be. But there's a lot here. I don't even know where to lead you into. So I'm just going to sit back for a second and let you take a run at Chelsea because as ever, there's a bit going on. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, a bit of a nod to Sweeney Todd this week because he'd been uh, going a bit quiet and we kind of called him out on it a bit, but he's retorted in the most impressive way possible. So, yeah, let us just get stuck in. So, new bid for Caicedo around £80 million to add on. Rejected. Still, you know, Brighton is still sticking on that hundred million, Trev. But it, you know, they're still in talks. Rumours even have it. Trevor's reports there'll be a fifth and final bid. What other club would say this is our fifth bid, but it's our final? Do you know who else goes to five bids? Well, that's a different story. Also, along with City, that they have made the offer. There's a lot of reports for this for Olise, the young, talented French kid at Crystal Palace, about £39 million. So that is one to keep an eye on. Other reports as well, Trev, that they are very much keeping an eye on. They're interested in Romeo Lavia. Even reports suggested, I don't buy this personally, but that's part of the delay to the deal. I, I don't really see that, but it is still possible. They're set to sell Callum Hudson-Odoi to either Fulham or Lazio. Fulham looking more likely for around £8 million quid. They're still, as per the reports, looking at kudos at Ajax. That's still an option. I'll come to their position because they've kind of done a little bit what we've done. I think that's an important summary. But then last night, Trev, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, I think it's pronounced Ugachokwu from Rennes for about $30 That is set to be done. He's had his medical. You know, he kind of came from nowhere. The worry is, or not the worry, that's the wrong phrase. There's another kid, while I think it's pronounced at Montpellier, are they going to use these kids because they need bodies or are they going to stack them at Strasbourg? Remember, they got Strasbourg as their multi-club model. So are they going to start doing that, sticking kids there, bring them across? Who knows? There's a little bit of uncertainty with that. We don't know if they're signing players to stick them at Strasbourg or bring them in. Because the one thing about Chelsea is they've got a clear strategy. They've got a lot of the experience heads out. It feels a bit like Liverpool, doesn't this, Trev? Let's be honest. Your Kante's gone, your Kovacic, your old heads have gone. You're bringing in now kids, you're looking at younger players even, you know, to come in like Kaiseido's almost there, Lavia, isn't it? Maybe it will be Lavia, who knows? But they very much have a similar feel to us. They're a bit undercooked. The bodies they're looking at are younger. 
they've shipped out the experience fields that you know there's a lot of similarities the big difference with Chelsea the opposite end of the you know scale from us they are going to struggle to you know plead any poverty get sensible deals because when you spend 600 million in the last window no one's going to start taking you seriously and it may be it may be that as we've all gone the sensible people have now got into the ears of Sweeney Todd and say you know we need to run it as a proper football club and do this with the multi-club model the problem is the selling clubs are going to start saying no I'm sorry you've used all you know you've used all your Saudi credits that way and you know got your money in from there you paid a hundred odd million for Enzo Fernandez you did stupid deals in the previous windows you have got cash so don't start trying to play sensible plead poverty like Liverpool do but the one thing I would say to summarise all that, bit of a, a tip of the cap to Sweeney Todd. You are back in the game, and thank you very much for it, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you just know that the um, he's going to feature heavily over the next three or four weeks of this show between now and when it ends, when the window ends. You just know there's going to be things happening around about that club, as there always is. And the other constant that you know is going to happen as you move into a bigger European-wide sort of a glance now is that the Saudi factor will continue to be massive. And in the least surprising link ever, apparently the latest fella to be tapped up is Romelu Lukaku. You can talk to us about that. But he's not alone. There's an awful lot more going on. We had a worry that Al-Hilal were going to get stuck in and throw some serious money at a bid for Luis Diaz. Maybe that 50 million was flying a kite, but it seems to have gone away. But there's so much more going on around about big names, properly big names, being linked with moves to Saudi clubs. What can you tell us about the latest assortment? This, this will just roll and roll and roll, won't it? So, yeah, Lukaku, and there's, there's a few people spoken out, like his ex-inter teammates about him, because he'd almost pick Juventus. That seems to have gone quiet. But as we know, he has about a £50 million a year offer from Saudis on the table. So we're awaiting developments for what happens with him. They've also, you know, the, the Saudi clubs have also been linked with a move for Leon Bailey at Villa, which... Kind of makes sense a little bit from them because they've got Diaby, the young French winger, through the door. So it may be one in, one in, out for them. And it balances the books quite nicely. Like you said, the Diaz story seems to have gone now a little bit, mainly for the reason that Al-Halal have secured Malcolm from Zenit. So he's in the door for approximately 60 million quid there, Trev. Also, you talk about huge names. Verratti at PSG, you know, he's supposed to have agreed a mega, mega deal with them, even more than Lukaku for the the weekly wage. However, the discrepancy is what PSG wants against what they're offering. So the suggestion is that they've offered about 30 million quid, whereas PSG are looking for double, potentially more in that. So that is one to keep an eye on. And then, yeah, Liverpool legend, before we talk about another one, Sadio Mane looks set to go there. Even today, he's been left out by and squad completely, Trev. You know, Tuchel on record, Tommy Tuchel saying, yeah, we're just waiting for, for that to get done, basically. So he's set to head there at any time. It's, it's recurring, it's going to come up. And even all those names you mentioned, Trev, we haven't even got to the biggest one yet, have we? The biggest one with Saudis, but 
This will just roll and roll as a regular segment all summer. Madness. As well it should, and God bless them. Uh, as you say, we're going to finish with the big one, um, the petty shite, <laughs> as, you, as you named him last week. I like that. Uh, and we're going to just have one more story in terms of, of world football before we um, and European football before we move to that story. And that is uh, a story about a very, very prominent English footballer, um, Sir Harrens of Kane, uh, and the links between him and Bayern Munich that won't go away. And you've managed to beautifully tie in a reference to a early 2000s songster from England. Off you go. Tell us this one. Yeah, it's all gone a bit um, Craig David with young Rodney, hasn't it? So there was set to be a meeting on Friday. Daniel Levy postponed it. Then it was set to be yesterday. Then he postponed it. So they went for a meeting on Friday, cancelled to Saturday, and now it's scheduled for Monday. So probably it'll get delayed again and again, won't it? So I'm sure we'll be able to continue this melody somehow. But the key thing is, Trap, in, in all the things, it's Daniel Levy playing his game, it does feel like this is a real development now. The sort of the, the swaying factors are starting to tell you that Harry Kane is leaking it, you know, to relevant sources that he wants to move to Bayern. Whether Daniel Levy delays it, it feels almost for top whack to get the, the top dollar that he can. Also, it maybe suits Bayern that to get Sadio Mane out the door, doesn't it? And get those wages off the books and a lump sum, all those types of things as well. But, I'm really starting to sway you that my expectation that he's usually he's not the brightest as a young Rodney, so you kind of had a feeling he's uh, you know sign an extension, which still would you know it wouldn't be the most surprising thing if it happened. But I'd start to put some money on now, Trev, that this happens. I really would. So it feels like it's moving. It feels like everyone's coming to the realization. Even the big story this week that. The Tottenham owner, who funnily enough has been indicted for insider trading in America this week, but a different story, but has said to Daniel Levy, you either signs an extension or you sell him, one or the other. So the game is afoot for this one, but it does feel like young Grodney may be leaving these shores any time soon. And how about this for a shout? Because we've seen Sadio being linked with Saudi, but also Sadio Mane, I don't know, I have this feeling that he's sort of had a bit of humiliation with that year in Bayern. What about this for a shout? Harry goes one way. Sadio goes the other. Uh, in one way, it will be plausible. The problem will be that the Saudis will probably offer Sadio Mane about £45 million a year, and Daniel Levy will offer him £45 exactly a week with a one-bar <laughs> chomp and a slush puppy machine. For him, and that will be the deal. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Uh, speaking of the very opposite of um, frugality, we're back to Al Hilal and this bananas scenario surrounding Kylian Mbappe and the fact that he's out of contract at the end of next season and Real Madrid, which is his preferred destination, will be able to just take him for nothing. And in the meantime, you've got this situation where he's at an impasse with PSG, who've given him everything in the world, and he's had a tantrum, uh, endless tantrums, and he's not happy and he wants to go. And so we've got this situation where you've got 
a club like Al Hilal ready to do? And I'll let you outline the details of it because uh, it, people just need to sit down and listen to it again. Because no matter how many times you hear it, you uh, listener cannot really get your head around it. Like unless you're in this bracket, and if you are, why are you listening to this show and not sponsoring us? Please sponsor us if you are this wealthy. Um, you, nobody can conceive of this money. Um, so it, 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 it's just eye-watering. It's very interesting to listen to the details of it. So where are we with the latest in uh, Killian's travels? Just, yeah, the, the, this is really the, the biggest deal by some distance in football, if it was to happen, which looks unlikely. But let's just signpost all this, Trev. I mean... Literally, we know that PSG released a statement. They want to sell him. They know, you know, he's got an agreement to go on a free and get his loyalty bonus to Real Madrid this season. PSG outlined their rage at, you know, how has he got this deal? I'm not being funny. I think ESPN probably interviewed Stevie Wonder, who said, I saw this transfer to Real Madrid coming type of thing. But, you know, that, that is a different story. So Al Hilal then turned up one of the PIF teams and say, yeah. PSG will give him the money. You know, they pretty much agree that he can speak to them. The deal that's put on the table, Trev, with part of it being that he helps promote Saudi just for the year, you know, their Olympic bid would go up to the offer of £700 million. Okay, that was the offer, you know, with the add-ons, the promotion bits and everything. £700 million for that year. He turns it down. You know, he says, oh, no, I'm, I'm not not doing that at all because pretty much as everyone knows he wants to collect a loyalty bonus from PSG and then head off in the sunset to Real Madrid for mega money still absolutely insane and then in another bit of PSG link drama two things there that happen that Marquinhos the captain there comes out in defense of the little Le Petit shite as we know him you know says you know you know we want him to play and all this and now, reportedly, the PSG board are furious with him, and they'll consider offers for him now as well, you know, for standing up for a teammate, going against what they've said, so to speak. And then how else do PSG react? Well, this is the one to keep an eye on, because Usman Dembele, the French player, the one who's always injured, but he's at Barcelona, they've triggered his clause, Trev. Now, he has a clause around €50 million, Euros, but it has to be fully paid by the end of July. That kind of came out last night. It's gone silent since. But yeah, for, for all we've talked about, I think of all the names we've mentioned and all the things we've linked people with and clubs, this has been the story of football this week. This is the one where it feels like football has eaten itself. Kylian Mbappe turns down £700 million for a year deal from Al Hilal. Wow. And what, do we have any concept of what that loyalty bonus is? You, you, you're including it there as if it's a factor in him staying, which I, I can't believe it's financially enough of a reason. Um, maybe th- he's just happy with all of this talk and was never considering any sort of a move. I mean, do we even know what sort of a bonus that would be? Yeah, the um, the suggestions are that, and, and again, no one will know the the exact deal, but sixty million euros loyalty bonus if he is still a PSG player, Trev, by the first of August. So you know why Killian's not shifting? 
it'll just train with the kids and then, you know, I'll get 60 million euros on the, the 1st of August and, you know, I'll go on a free in a year to Real Madrid. So, I mean, we know what he's paid. We know his commercial deals. I think, you know, PSG have really missed the point with the stupid system they've set up and panned into every win. You have given Le Petit Shy everything he wants and now he is rinsing you and saying goodbye, but 60 million euros just for staying where he is. Mental. Yeah, well, you know, reap the whirlwind, PSG. I can't say I have any even vague sympathy um, for... Uh, it's remarkable. <laughs> it was remarkable to hear some people talk about them. Oh, poor PSG, the way he, he's treating them. <laughs> it's like, yeah... You might want to reassess who you're having sympathy for there. But yeah, very, very interesting. Jesus, loads as ever, Dave, on this show. Really enjoyed it. As we speak, Liverpool have already taken to the field, I think, against Leicester. Um, they're starting 11 today. Keller, Trent, Kanate, Van Dijk, Robertson. So the first choice bar Ali at the back. Midfield of Curtis Jones, Bobby Clark and Alexis McAllister and Salah, Nunes and Jota up top. That means there's a lot of good players to come on the second half. We could do with a whole lot more good players to add into that mix. And hopefully by the time me and Dave are talking to you next, there will be at least one of those that we can talk about and be looking forward to. And I look forward to the possibility of describing that with you. Dave and it leaves just the usual for me to say absolutely enjoyed it thanks for that another fantastic show loads of info loads of fun any last words and if not thanks for today no I think you, you summed it up well there probably Trev it's, we have preached and I know people have felt we've done that way patience and everything but it is a big week coming next week and if stuff hasn't happened by this time next week me and Trev will also be on the verge of losing our shit so Let's be ready, everyone, eh? Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. So if for no other reason, get your act together to save us all from combined madness. That was Dave Davis. I'm Trev Denny. This is the Transfer Podcast. We'll be back with you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.